Hello Riga, this is Gerd Leonhardt, Futurist. Today with a presentation on the future and these days the future is uncertain. It's not about predictions, my work is about observations. And I'm going to share some observations with you today and I certainly hope that they will be helpful uh, for you to design your own future. First, I think we need to think about what question we really should be asking about the future, not what will the future bring. I mean, that question is the future can bring anything, right? And, and it kind of makes us inactive and disempowered. You know, we can't do anything about what the future is bringing. It, nothing is further from the truth. What do we want from this future? That is the key question. And why do we want it? And who is in charge? What kind of future do we want our children to have? Not the future that we can have. We can have any future. In 10 years, I can upload my brain to the internet. <laughs> Some people would say. Right? What, what future do we want? And this is the key question that we have to ask. And what do we have to do to reach that future, to build it? Climate change is a great example. If we want a future that is collectively good and not self-destructive and forcing us to move to other planets, then we have to do something about it now. We have to create the future that we want. Sometimes a little bit like I talk to many people about this and, and it feels a little bit like we're, we're like a turtle that's stuck on the back and, uh, and nobody's helping it to flip over, uh, helpless. Right? But I don't think that's true. I think that's a feeling that, I, that many people have that I have sometimes. But the future today is really a mindset. Right? The mindset is we're going to pick up and we're going to redo our future in the way that we want it. Right? And we're going to start understanding what that future could be. And we're going to look at the trends around us and we're going to have foresights and observations. And we're going to stop looking in the rearview mirror. Uh, we're going to look in the, in the other mirror, right? The, the mirror pointing towards the future. Uh, we're going to build a future mindset. And this is something that, of course, Americans have done for a long time. Right? Always thinking about the next thing and we're thinking about what is today. But the sign of intelligence is, Scott Fitzgerald said, to have two opposing things in your mind at the same time. Do the present and do it well, but also try to understand what isn't already here at the same time. And also what I call do the future. I mean, clearly in this world where we're all completely connected and constantly connecting to each other, this uncertainty factor is huge. I mean, the uncertainty index is through the roof these days. And, and how can we be more certain about what we want and who we are? I mean, this is clearly going to be something that is quite a struggle for us, I think. Uh, looking at the facts here, Joe Biden has said many times uh, in the last week or so that, that we're kind of looking at a K-shaped recovery, right? Some people will recover just fine. That's the upper part of the K, and that's the top 1% especially, of course, in technology and the stock market is booming or was until last week. And the lower K, the lower half of the K is declining. So everybody else is declining. And there's something fundamentally wrong with this. You know, if we have a recovery that benefits only the ones that have the means. And again, it's a question of social justice and equality. But the Washington Post has a great slide here just from uh, the other month uh, to, to see how that has already developed in the US. We don't want that to become the default in Europe or anywhere else, regardless of what this kind of new normal will bring. And this has been a theme all over the place. I've talked a lot about the new normal, but is there, is there any such thing? I don't think so. We're not going back to the old normal, uh, that, that is for sure, and the new normal is uncertain. 
So we have to build something and, you know, which is a new normal. 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 New normal. Embrace the new normal. 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 Well, I think I could go on for another half an hour with the new normals, but here's some examples. CNN has a great gallery of what is normal now. This is how we eat now, right? And this is how we eat now. I mean, this, this is a really great shot. I, I love this one a lot. And this is how we do yoga. And, and this is how we watch movies now. And this is how we hug, you know, in a safe distance. This is how we treat people in the elevator. And this is how people are graduating these days and how we work from home. And this is what we do to talk to each other. And isolation, distance. I think that needs to change. We need to figure out what exactly we can do about this and how to stay close using technology and many other means. I think personal connection will always be most important for humans. A human brain is about engagement, relationships, experiences. It's not so much about data and exchanging information. So that is a significant challenge, for example, to work from home. Now even the homeless are distancing from each other. <laughs> well, not uh, voluntarily, I'm quite sure. but. In this future, there is three waves coming, right? The first one, we're in the middle of this, COVID-19. The second one is the climate change wave. We were in that already before COVID-19. And the third one is the changing economic logic. The economic logic has to change because it wasn't capable of helping us in this crisis. It was indicated years ago, Bill Gates and others, indicated Larry Brogan and others a decade ago that we're going to see a pandemic and nothing was done about it. Are we going to have an economic logic that protects us? Are we going to have a new way of thinking about what's called sustainable capitalism, whether it's about climate change, whether it's about education, whether it's about distributing resources and tech regulation? I mean, clearly, we're in the age of pivoting. All, all around us, people are saying, well, this doesn't work anymore, so what do I do now? I mean, that's what I'm doing every day. I'm thinking about, okay, no more stage, but I'm transforming. I call this the great transformation. And you can see that here in this animation where the things that used to be on top, right, they're now falling to the bottom. On top now, we have, of course, healthcare, right? We have the state, we have green energy, we have technology, uh, we have everything to do with collaboration and everything else like banking and traveling and cruise ships have fallen down to the bottom. Right? I mean, there's some industries that are deeply uh, uh, in trouble with this. Of course, tourism and airlines would be there, the first couple of ones to think about. And other ones that are exploding. This is why technology stocks have been rallying, at least until last week. So basically, four things that we have to keep a watch on while we're pivoting like this. Right? First, inequality. We have to solve this. Right? We have to solve an economic system that does not spread the benefits enough. We have to think about the new form of capitalism and we have to really get on with climate change and global warming and the climate emergency. And there's going to be some dramatic measures, including carbon taxes and many others. This is going to take considerable effort, but it will also create, in my view, tens of millions of new jobs. Um, the green energy, the Green New Deal, if we put the money in the right place and away from the wrong places, uh, then I think we can dedicate some, some new funds and create new work here and new jobs and also new research and so on. And that should be a good future, I think, for all of us. It's safe to say, I think, that business as usual is dead or dying. Yeah, the way that we used to do things is, yeah, if you're lucky, it still works a little bit. But even before the COVID crisis, that wasn't true. 
as technology exponentially changes the landscape. We have to think about the new things that are going to work in the future while we're doing the old things. You know, everything is moving in Windows. So as we're looking at this curve, the exponential curve, you've seen that many times before, it is exploding, right? It's basically showing us how we are leaping right? uh, using technology, how we're in a situation where it's no longer linear going stepwise, but, but where it's going literally leaping 4, 8, 16, and we're at 4 just now, right? 4, 8, 16, 32, mind-boggling curve, 30 times up the curve, 1 billion. Our kids in 40 years, 1 billion times as different, at least in many sectors, not in all sectors, of course, right? So the winners of this exponential race, big tech. And I think that's going to continue despite of what may be happening in the stock market this week, but that's a rally, that's clearly a, a bull market. Big health, there's going to be trillions of dollars, euros, uh, put into healthcare, into biotechnology, that's clearly a great place to invest also a place that requires lots of public funding. Big state, many issues about this, but here in Switzerland where I live, you know, we trust the state. And so we are okay with the state taking over in so many ways telling us what to do. But this is certainly a touch, a touch point that we have to observe also in terms of surveillance, right? And uh, populist societies and so on. And of course, the biggest one is what I call big green. Right? Again, I think amazing opportunity for new jobs, for new research has to be funded, has to be uh, funded collaterally and, and, and collectively across Europe. And I think we're going to see that come true very soon. So when we talk about big tech, uh, here's a recent video that you may have seen from Elon Musk announcing his Neuralink, which is a connection, a physical connection, brain, uh, brain connection, so that means electrodes inserted into your brain, or in this case, the pig's brain, I'll show you shortly, uh, to uh, be able to address flaws like uh, if you're paralyzed or if you can't control your limbs or if you can't walk or, of course, many, many other things, including the potential upgrading of humans. Check out this video. This is high energy pig. Um, the, the beeps you're hearing are real-time signals from the Neuralink. Yeah, pretty mind-boggling stuff. I mean, I am not so sure I'm getting as excited as Elon about this uh, in terms of um, expanding this to uh, to humans. And I think it's it's quite a, a conjecture to think of it as being ready for humans. But uh, this is clearly a point where we have to say, well, that's interesting, but where is this going? Right. And I think it could be a gift for us, or the gift could turn into a bomb when we use it too much. Right? Too much of a good thing can be a very bad thing. And that is so true about drugs and food and everything else, right? But it's also true about technology. We must be very careful about how far we go with technology because it can be very addictive. Think of virtual reality. Think of Black Mirror that you may have seen. So at some point we have to question this. And I think this is where tech regulation will come in across Europe, but also across the world. We're going to see a lot more technology being questioned. Uh, for the future and where it's going. Because in many ways, you can say the past was very abusive without data, and now data is no longer just the new oil. Right? It's, it's kind of a plutonium. It can be used as a weapon. And we really need to think about how we can collaborate with technology so that it's a fair handshake. And that's going to happen this year. 
rather next year, right, it's going to happen in the next decade. It's a big topic, you know, how to use technology without getting eaten by it. Yeah. Um, so and in many ways, yeah, I think Mark Andreessen said 10 years ago, software is eating the world and, and now we can say software is cheating the world <laughs> with social media. That's not a good thing, that's what, something we have to clearly address because otherwise we may live in this world, right, where we're either wired or fired, where we're ultra-connected, right, or where technology has taken over to such an extent to where we're going to be requested to merge with technology, which I think is a ludicrous idea because what, what happened with our humanity? That's something we really clearly have to keep an eye on. Embrace technology, but don't become it. Great example here is what I call digital ethics. Key topic for the foreseeable future is what is the right thing to do with technology? And if we're looking at this uh, example of people pulling back the Facebook advertising, for example, like here's Unilever saying that they're not going to advertise on Facebook anymore. That was about two months ago. I have to get a status update on this, but many people are saying it's, you know, it's, it just doesn't feel like an ethical thing to do to support platforms that, are, that seem in so many ways unethical themselves. So a very, very big discussion about this. And then on top of it, we're heading into global paradigm changes. And I think you'll, you'll notice also, of course, in Northern Europe and in your region, that our mindset is shifting. Right? What used to be unthinkable, right? like carbon taxes, which we're going to see for airlines, which we're going to see for food, uh, beef, pork, right? which we're going to see for so many other things are becoming the new normal. And again, going back to the new normal, what used to be unthinkable right? may well be the new normal. Here's a stat showing that we're going to eat more non-meat meat, so not from animals, but indirectly from the lab, for example, uh, than, than, than real meat in the near future. Vegan replacements and cultured meat and, yeah, unthinkable, no. no. Maybe the new normal. So assume less, think more about the future, the possibilities of what's coming. I think we don't want to go back to normal. We want a better normal. Uh, and better, wiser, and more responsible. That is the way that things are going in the future. We're going from this kind of shareholder concept of just making money at no matter what the cost uh, to a stakeholder uh, model. And that's been discussed many times already last year, but I really believe that this traditional way of capitalism, the way that money moves uh, across the world, primarily based on profit and growth and possibilities, that, that has to change because it's not working and it certainly isn't working in this crisis as the stats are showing. If you make less money, you're more likely to lose your job because of COVID-19. And the more money you already made, the less likely you are to lose your job. There's something fundamentally wrong with this. Also, people diving into poverty now. This is something we have to keep in mind. Can't be good for everybody else if there's more inequality, like the US, like Brazil, like South Africa, and also the UK, for example. We need to uh, tackle this now as part of the crisis. So let's hear a quote from Mark Benioff, the CEO of Salesforce who has been uh, leading this whole stakeholder debate about a new form of capitalism. So Mark talks about sustainable capitalism, the end of capitalism as we know it. We need to have a fair, resilient economy. This is going to be absolutely key. 
across the world, I think it's going to take uh, Europe first to show which way they could be heading. Um, I use a special graph I've come up with quite some time ago here uh, for four new points that I see impacting our future. People, planet, purpose, and prosperity. A quadruple bottom line, not just prosperity, right? uh, not just profit. But four things, I think we're going to see a new stock market here. I call this a SUSDAQ, the sustainable NASDAQ. That could very well be in Europe, I would hope so, uh, to create a market for companies that prescribe to this kind of process. In Europe, we're seeing this kind of idea of United States of Europe rising. That sounds kind of like a paradox because there's so many things that haven't worked. But now with a new program that's helping us to pull together our economies right? and, and the whole idea of, of getting more impulse to the economy reviving and, and dealing with the recession is here. And it does show that we are uniting in some interesting new ways. And I think the future of Europe clearly is pointing towards the United States of Europe based on these, on these three benefits. And I think we're going to see a new kind of approach to this as well, to where we're saying, well, in Europe, we're going to pursue a circular economy. We're going to think holistically. And first of all, we're going to focus on human benefits, not in the, in the sense of the Anthropocene, you know, making the human the center of all of it, but in, this, in the, in the uh, idea of digital rights and, and digital human rights and the things that we want from each other. It's going to be a very, very important future, I think, for us. So uh, let, let me wrap up and talk about the future mindset. What do we need for the future? As we're going into this wildly disparaging world and, and, and confusing world where everything is running on top of each other, we need to learn one thing, which is to pay attention, uh, to observe, to listen, to understand, to imagine, uh, to play with the future. Right? And I always say, Assume less, discover more. You know, pay more attention to what's happening. I know this is difficult, especially when you're busy or when you're feeling down and out, but this is a solution for our future. And this is something that will enable us to come up with new ideas and think of it in new ways. So assume less and discover more. Point number one, pay attention. And as we are going through these mind-boggling game changes, yeah, whether it's the Internet of Things or quantum computing or artificial intelligence, it's really important that we start understanding them more than before. 10% of your time should be spent on the future, on understanding technology, understanding the impact of technology, society, culture, because you may think that we're going fast, but the reality is we're going to get there a lot faster than we would ever imagined. It's not going to take 10 years, it's going to take five years, and all the changes are going to be here. So Mark Benioff, again, Quote from a wise man says, we need to get to the future ahead of your, our customers and to be ready to greet them when they arrive. This is the key, I think, especially now. Get to the future before everybody else does and then when your customers come, make them feel welcome. So go beyond normal. Here's a great example from, from Dubai and the Emirates who are providing a, a global COVID-19 coverage idea to incentivize flying. I think that's going to be a tough one uh, to pull off, but I love the idea of going the extra mile, do something beyond normal. Uh, this is just one out of many examples. And, and also in terms of politics and leadership, but here's the great example, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Jacinda if I could Hill. distill it down into one concept that we are pursuing in New Zealand, it is simple and it is this, kindness. Yes, imagine that as 
the idea of the global collaboration kindness, right? of a new market, of new relationships with our customers. This is a, an amazing bottom line. The other thing that goes with this is to understand that we are going to the future where we have to deal with volatility, uncertainty. This is our new default, right? Ambiguity, ambiguity the VUCA, and we have to flip that VUCA. We have to understand how we are going to create something that is awesome, that is fast, uh, that evolves around co-creation, velocity, and unorthodoxy. Right? Flipping the VUCA is going to be crucial, something we have to learn. Again, going back to the great transformation from the beginning, here's a couple of key points. First, be safe and survive. Make sure things are working. And second, show solidarity and collaborate. Third, adapt and pivot in your business model and transform and renew what your business is all about. So I want to finish off with a key quote that I like to use a lot. Shape the future or be shaped by it. Those are our choices. I want to thank you very much for your attention and I really look forward to seeing you down the road. Take care. Goodbye, Riga.